Welcome to Bible Theory Podcast, hosted by the Chicano Knox. Finally, a podcast about the church for the church. Bible Theory is for the streets, homie. This ain't your boy scout, choir boy type of podcast. This is for the Vato Locos who have been saved by the blood of Christ, homie. Coming straight out of Geneva. Donde están mis soldados reformados? Bienvenido a la Teoria de la Biblia podcast con el Chicano Knox. You are now entering into the reformed state of mind, homie. Where we study ecclesiology and take it to the streets, homie. Coming from that five solas. Coming from that reformed underground railroad, homie. Coming from that West West 1646, yes, sir. Yo, yo, what's going on? This is uh, the Chicano Knox coming live and direct from the Reform Underground Studios. Here's another episode for you. Hopefully you're encouraged. Hopefully you're built up by uh, Bible theory. Hopefully you're you're enjoying this new season of the Missio Day as we you know dig into how God is you know moving and active in the world in history through His Church and you know specifically how Jesus is the greatest missionary of of ever <laughs> and we're you know. We're just looking at some countries here. You know, we're not going to cover every single country. Uh, we're not going to cover every single topic as I would like. But, you know, we got to cover some. You know what I mean? We got to cover some topics, some countries. So hopefully you're enjoying this. If you have, please give me a subscribe on YouTube. I just, I just uh, you know, created my YouTube channel there. And I'm, I'm looking to go up to, uh, you know, my next uh my next uh, benchmark, which is 500 subs, that's, and that's monumental uh, for, for a ministry of this size because, you know, I'm not buying, uh, I'm not doing all those tricks and tips that people would like you to do to grow fast with robots and stuff like that. So <laughs> um, anyways, go ahead and support a brother and subscribe below and hit that bell notification so you can always stay up to date. I, I always look at my analytics and see where I'm at in terms of what countries I'm penetrating in and who's listening to me from where. So uh, I looked it up and, you know, I got people in Mexico, bro, listening to me. So shouts out a mi gente allá abajo en México en los Estados Unidos de México, man. What's up? What's up? Thank you so much <laughs> for listening to me allá abajo in, in la línea, abajo de la línea, bro. You know what I mean? Um, so I got you. I see you. So uh, shouts out to mi gente in Mexico. Anyways, uh, well, that's what the show is going to be about today. We're going to be talking about Mexico. We're going to be talking about Christianity in Mexico, uh, the gospel in Mexico. We're going to be talking about evangelism in Mexico. You know, just, just different things. Um, there's a lot of things about Mexico uh, that um, I, I don't think we'll probably get to, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I, I did find an interview on The Forge. Uh, ministries uh, podcast and they did a pretty decent job in talking about um, one episode like five months five months ago about Met Mexico so I'm, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and drop that link below so you could go ahead and listen to that episode so they could give so you could come to this episode here with more context with more beef <laughs> uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, man. Um, I, I really want you to um, introduce yourself to those who don't know you, uh, who who you are and what you do. All right, for sure. My name's uh, Jeff, Brother Jeff. You can call me Brother Jeff. Um, what I do, um, I preach the gospel everywhere I go. You know, um, what I do for work, I do um, right now. I'm in the transition to a new a new position. I'm gonna be an outreach case manager for uh, Salvation Army. Um, also, I'm, I'm involved with um, just a lot of outreach ministry, being out in the streets, you know, a part of with uh, Brother Vince Serrano from the Outsiders. And um, yeah, that's our thing. Our mission, our mission really is to be outside the four walls, not to just get confined within the box of the, 
of the church, but even though that is that is our the building, even though that is very important, right? We just we still don't want to neglect being outside the box. So our our thing is what we do is we go outside and we uh, reach out to all those who are in our community. You know, that's basically where it is now. We don't know what the Lord has for us, what He has in store for the future, if it's going further than that. But right now, where we're at, we're just within the communities doing Bible studies in the streets. Um, uh, providing clothing and all that stuff, you know, all that good stuff. But the main thing, the core thing of our, um, of the ministry is to, to give the gospel, bro, because me and brother Vince both come from a, um, a place of getting a false gospel. You know, as for me, I could speak for myself. I was in a, the first time I actually heard about, I truly heard about Christ, like listen to somebody within a so-called, um, Christian church or so-called a Protestant church. It was through a oneness apostolic church. And so my introduction to Jesus was more of a, an emotional experience, like speaking in tongues and trying to push that into me and whatnot. So yeah, man, our, our mission really meet my mission and brother Vince's mission is to, uh, is to get this gospel straight and to give it to our people, bro. So yeah, that's what we do. Dude, that's dope, bro. Uh, being yeah. out there, keeping um, the posts of, on the streets, you know, be, being outward focused, not just inward focused, being outward focused. Uh, I think having both um, is uh, re really important, being inward and outward, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, bro, I, I think uh, what you guys are doing from what I've seen, I don't know everything, you know what I mean? Um, but what I've seen, I, I, I really, really like. You know what I mean? And, you know, I got to get myself some uh, outsider merch, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to talk to Vince, bro. Uh, so, Vince, yeah, for sure. hit me up, bro. I got I got to get some <laughs> outsider merch. Um, anyways, yeah, man. So, um, so how long have you been saved? You know what I mean? How long have you been walking with Christ? So, like I said, I, I went through that, that um, emotional experience. I don't believe I was uh, born again yet. Although mm -hmm. the Lord was drawing me through all those things, but, uh, this last prison term that I did, which was about, I've been out now about almost seven years. So I would say I got saved, truly saved and born again about eight years now. I got, uh, so I got born again inside of a prison cell, bro. Yeah. Like I was being drawn, like I said, by God, but I was living a life of like not an unrepentant life, mm -hmm. you know, still using, still um, gang banging, still womanizing and all those things. But it wasn't until that last term that I did, that I, I, I surrendered fully and got born again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about yeah, eight man, years. Uh, a lot of people who get saved in prison, I, I used to do prison ministry out here in Canyon City for prison fellowship. And a lot of people get that jailhouse religion and they leave they leave Jesus in the, in the cell when they get out, you know what I mean? Yeah, so for me, like just speaking for me, it was the, it was the opposite, bro. For mm -hmm. me, because I've been, I grew up in the system. Mm -hmm. So for me, like my, my, uh, my life was in the system. Everything that I knew, whether it was like the way of living, my manners, everything about me, I learned from mm -hmm. jail, from juvenile mm -hmm. hall, all the way up to the to county, the, to the prison system. So for right. me, it was very difficult for me to be one of those jailhouse Christians. Like, and now I'm, I'm going to go in and Hey, now I want to, I want to try to get out and do good with the Lord. For me, it was always like, as soon as I got in there, it was like a big party. I was, I was kicking it with all the homies, you know? So, yeah. um, so for me, like I said, it was the opposite, you know? Um, I yeah. was getting out when I would get out. I had a desire to do good and to do, to do better, but I just didn't have the power. Right. So, so like I said, when I went back this last time, um, Instead of um, it being something of like, um, I'm just going to try to do this to just try to get by, maybe to hide or maybe do, uh, um, do good so I can get out. I only had a year flat, bro, but I felt that that experience that I went through this last time with the Lord being born again was um, him showing me that I need to, to reach out to the people in there and um, go back to the lifestyle that I was from, right? And to stand firm in that. And now, and, but and ever since that, this time since I got out, it hasn't it hasn't been a struggle for me as far as continuing with the Lord. I th I believe right. because of that true born again experience that um you know because of having the Holy Spirit being born again being regenerated in heart and really having an understanding of the gospel it was no right. longer it was no longer that. But don't get me wrong, a lot of people 
do do that when they come into prison. You know, um, as far as like personal experience, I mean, I've seen a lot of people do that, but I've also yeah. seen um, people give their life to Christ and actually right. stand firm for Christ in, in prison. And I, I would say this, bro, it's a lot easier to walk with Christ out here than it is to walk with Christ in between those four walls, bro. A lot of people get that 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 uh, connotation that ah oh, he just he went to jail and he just gave his life to Christ. He's scared trying to hide. Nah, man, because when you give your life to Christ in there and you try to walk with the Lord in there, oh, you're under a magnifying glass 24/7. You you don't have no you don't have no um how do I say it like privacy. You have yeah. a celly constantly who might not be saved and who's probably gonna if you're from the if you're a raza you're gonna be a, a southern a southern Mexican you know so you're gonna be with the homie. So he's going to be constantly watching what you do. And then you got all the other homies constantly watching what you do. So you to walk with the with the Lord in jail, bro, is not easy, bro. It's a very mm. um you, you suffer a lot of persecution, you know? Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow, man. Yeah. Got to keep those we got to keep those brothers in prayer, man. Yeah, uh, for so sure. Shout- I forgot to ask this to <laughs> I was there. Is it possible to listen to podcasts in, in, in prison? possible i believe i mean back in the days yeah it was possible it wasn't you you it wasn't legit like it was a thing that you can do through um being legit but yeah everybody knows it's not no no secret you know they bring phones in and whatnot yeah so yeah yeah, it's possible for people to get a hold of this but but now i think i'm not sure how it works now but i heard now bro i i wasn't there when this started taking place like i said i've been out seven years but i heard that now they get ipads they're giving them Dang. iPads and stuff. So, oh, that's that's dope. Is it you yeah. get it from the library or commissary or what? I'm I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't since I was the last time I did time. It wasn't it wasn't popping yet. So I think now okay. I'm not sure how they get that. Probably through like packaging, because you know they you get a package every uh every three months quarterly. You get packages. Mm. Okay. But okay. I know they can do email and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of the prisons have uh, pretty good uh, computers, you know, that you can use that are pretty, pretty nice. And then um, not even that, bro. But they're getting, bro. They got, they got, they got better phones. Than, they probably got a better phone than I got, bro. In there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is, bro. Yeah. It's not a secret. Yeah, I had a nephew out there in prison in Cali, and I don't know how, I think he did 15, I don't know how many years he did, but uh, they had this program where you, you could be a firefighter or something like that, and like it reduces your time or something like that, so um, that's what he did, so that's how he got out faster, I don't know how that works, but. um. Yeah, they got fire camp where they, they train, they train um inmates up that are low, low risk offenders, nonviolent. Yeah. They'll yeah. train you up while you're in there for your time to be a firefighter. As a matter of fact, they got a program right here in Oxnard. My brother, Frank Ramirez, he's the chief of it. And they and then when they get out, they continue to train them in that in that uh, that fire uh, program. Yeah, man. California always has them fires, bro. Like I don't know what's up with Cali, man. Like oh, fires yeah. every summer, every year, never fails. You know, this is a pretty broad topic, uh, pretty hardcore <clears throat> question. People listening might be like, oh, you guys didn't talk about Hernan Cortez. And, oh, you know what I mean? I can hear already people, you know, complaining. But, you know, this is not one of those episodes, man. We're not the History Channel. We're not, you know, uh, Oprah. I'm not Oprah. You know what I mean? This is, <laughs> this is, this yeah. is for the streets, bro, where, you know, you go order tacos and, you know, people, people talk about this stuff on the side. You know what I mean? And. So this yeah, is one sure. of those episodes. So I, I want to give those that disclosure. So, anyways, uh, introduction to Mexican Christianity. First of all, people might have beef to be like Mexican Christianity. I thought Christianity was just Christianity. Like there's no, you know what I mean. So yeah, what do we? Uh, what, what do you mean when when people might say Mexican Christianity? What is that? You know what I mean? And what is it not? We're not, I'm not going to get into numbers. Like you said, this isn't a historical thing, but, but as far as for me, man, coming from Southern California, when I think of Mexican Christianity, I -hmm. think of number one, Catholicism, like probably 80% of all the gente that I meet, that I know Mm -hmm. that I've experienced within the gang life, all claim to be Catholic. And if they're Mm -hmm. not Catholic, they might've have had an apostolic or Pentecostal upbringing. And maybe they're not uh, walking with the Lord now, as far as the people that I met, but I have yet, yeah. um, so as far as Mexican Christianity, 
it always tends to, as far as my experience, lead to either Catholicism or the charismatic side of church, of the body of Christ. Yeah, that, that's interesting, bro. And obviously, a lot of that has to contribute to the fact that the Spanish Empire came to Mexico at, at a certain time, and then the conquest, you know, overcame, you know, the Indian tribes through disease and through the sword and all kinds of other stuff. And they, the one, they, they were, they were the ones that introduced um, Roman Catholicism, aka um, Spaniard version of that, to Mexico, in large part in South America, the New World, right? And that's why, still to this day, I think that still is lasting. You can still, you can still see those effects of Spaniard colonial um, Christianity still impacting Mexico. And I think that's why you find a lot of Mexicans. And I'm not talking about Latinos like um, Cubans. I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm just focusing on Mexico, right? And, you know, Mexico. So anyways, um, you will find Roman Catholicism in large part still there today, predominant. And because of those uh, Spaniards that came like 500 years ago and stuff. So, yeah. Um, like we have the internet nowadays you know what i mean mexico has internet people have access to knowledge the bible's printed in spanish yeah like people could read the bible to, for themselves like like the roman catholic church ain't as powerful as it once was as well so you know you would think that people would come out more of that right and i'm yeah. sure there is but why why is mexico still like 80 percent roman catholic bro I, I believe, bro, truly, like in this, like I, this stems back to what I've experienced. And then I, I, I mean, looking at um, all, all the people I know, like even my wife's family, like, you know, so this tradition, you know what I mean? That's just like, hey, my mom did this, so I'm going to do this. This is the right thing. Right. And I but I believe that the reason for that, really, I believe in my heart is that I could have went that way with any type of um, religious experience or religious tradition if I would have had that before I came to Christ. Um, I have that now, but I'm just saying before Christ, if I would have had that, I could have went that same route. And I think it really stems, like I said, what it's, it's, it stems with a, a false gospel. And, that, and because of that false gospel, right? Don't get me wrong, God can save people through these false movements, but at the same time, while you see that, that, that type of... Um, wanting to stick with the, the, the Catholicism is because of an unregenerate heart and not being filled with the Holy Spirit and not being able to see Christ through the scriptures or even having a desire because I have conversations with like a, my, my grandmother's husband, right? Um, I have conversations with my, my, my wife's mother. I've had conversations with many family members, man, and they just, no matter how much you point them to Christ or no matter how much you um reason with them and love in the scriptures they just don't they reject it they just continue to reject it and i believe that that stems from you know god regenerating the heart and them being given this gospel that is not that can't save you them giving this god and i think too man i believe that it has a lot to do with hope having no hope because when you look at the catholic doctrines i mean i look at you got to work to, to get to heaven basically you know, and then even your works that you do do is not enough to get you there. You still got to go to a place called purgatory in order to get cleansed and in to be in the presence of God. So it's like you look at all that. There's no hope. And then I, I, I look at my homies, like some of my homies that are gang members, bro, like running the streets. Hey, I'm telling them about Christ. And I'm a Catholic, fool. I'm a Catholic, homie. Don't you know what I mean? Don't trip. I got my religion. And it's like, yeah, bro. But don't you understand like your religion? You got to work to get to God. What are you doing? You know, so I just see this like um, that's detachment, like even those who claim to be Catholic are not even truly Catholic. And then those who are Catholic are just so embedded in that tradition, man. It's just like it's been passed down to the people, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think by by association, like you yeah. said, um, homies are like, hey, I'm just Catholic because my grandma was Catholic and that's just the right thing to do. You fall in line. You fall right. in line, right, with your abuelita. You can't go against abuelita, right? Like the movie Canto, you got to save your abuelita, save your traditions. But it, what it what it is is you're 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 promoting um you're you're basically lifting up a structure that is built upon a pseudo gospel, like you said, a gospel that says yes, 
I think um, Roman Catholic priest would say, yeah, Jesus is the Savior. Right. So it's like, well, you, you look at it, you're like, well, okay, yep, yep, yep. Jesus is the Savior. You're right. And then a lot of Roman Catholic priests would say, Jesus came into the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And then you're like, okay, well, yep, yep, amen to that, right? And then and then the Catholic priest will come back and say, um, the Holy, the God is the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then you're like, well, yeah, yeah. So based on those three things, we we seem to have a lot of common ground. You know right. what I mean? We seem to have a lot of common ground with those, just those three um, areas. And you're like, okay, Trinitarian, uh, you know, Jesus is the Savior, and the Incarnation. And you're like, okay, fine. But when you dig deeper, right, because a lot of people will stop there. And be like, right. like, what's the difference between, you know, um, because a lot of, I, I could hear, you know, Abuelita saying, oh, mijo, you know, I believe in the Trinity. Oh, mijo, you know, I, I believe in Jesus is the only way, you know. And, oh, mijo, like, oh, you know, God came down to be with us. Emmanuel, Christmas time, you know, all that, that's what it is. And, you know what I mean? So, like, um, based on those three things, most people would assume that there's no difference between, you know, quote, unquote, mexican christianity versus the real gospel the real jesus uh you know the the, the real historical confessional faith right and uh, right. but you have to push them beyond those three things because there is more to meet the eye right than what they're saying because uh, rome there's much more to rome than those three things right yeah for sure so so what why do you think people don't don't want to dig beyond those three things right People don't want to push well, beyond those those three areas. Well, because it's it's comfortable for one, right? And I know, I mean, well, number one, unregenerate, you know. And I'm not trying to be harsh or be mean, but in order to want to dig, there has to be a desire to dig, and that desire comes from the gospel, born again, being born again, and that only stems from really having an understanding from somebody preaching the truth of the gospel to you, and understanding. Um, you know, justification by faith alone, understanding sola scriptura, you know, scripture alone, understanding um, grace alone, understanding for God's glory alone. And I think if you don't have an understanding of these things, you don't have the gospel. And because of that, being comfortable in a tradition or being comfortable with what's familiar is very easy place to stay. And then so when somebody comes and rattles that, that uh, comfortab comfortability, I don't know if that's the right word, but rattles that and shakes that, you're just, I, I'm, I'm going to reject it. Like, nah. And I think, but also it, it, it stems on God. So like, as we're going out now, right, as we're going out to preach this gospel, it's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit that moves on them, you know? And so, so yeah, but I, I would say that it's because of tradition and is, is easy to be comfortable in, you know, something to be familiar with, you know, humans don't like change naturally. Okay, so I follow you. So like, let's say Abuelita really is putting her trust in Christ, right? She believes that Christ is a savior, you know, and she's putting her trust on that, right? And she doesn't know beyond that, right? So then I would I would say that through Sola Scriptura and through the scriptures of, of, of pressing into her, I would say that now that you have been born again, right? This is what it looks like. And I would take her through the scriptures Right. And take her through the scriptures that teach on solar scripture, take her through the scriptures that teach her upon faith in Christ alone. Right. And what that means and what that looks like when somebody truly puts their trust in Christ. Right. And then not only that, but what the process of sanctification looks like and how do I get from point A to point B? And it's not it's not right. Um, Christ and the catechisms it's not christ and the pope and putting my trust in a man or putting my trust in having to confess to a, a so-called uh what are they the padre i don't even like to say like the bible tells us not to call no man our father but our father who is in heaven you know it's not those things right when you are under the roman catholic church or you've been have brought up in that tradition those are not the things that you need what you need is christ alone right and being to turn to the scriptures alone and trust in the work of the holy spirit you know, to get you from point A to point B, because, right, like a, a lifestyle, a lifestyle of Christianity is a lifestyle of 
growing in grace, right? It's growing in repentance. It's a lifestyle of um, sanctification. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And yeah, so like, uh, with, yeah, like, like with, and I would say this, bro, like some of the arguments that I have with like, that what they reject is, the, is that mm -hmm. very thing, is them, mm -hmm. the tradition. It's the, it's the, that hold of what those priests and what the Roman Catholic Church have gone beyond scripture to teach them that keeps mm -hmm. them from breaking free are that which keeps them from being set free bro you know the, right. those those things that have been pushed in their mind since a child is what's right. telling them, nah like it's not scripture alone it's it's scripture and this this and this and this and this the roman catholic church the rcc does not have the, the power to interpret scripture um through the filter of traditions you know what i mean and that's the problem like we 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 sacrifice the bible for traditions we look to the roman catholic church or they look to the roman catholic church and say what what do you mean by this um and then yeah. they say we we determine the scripture you know the the church can't exist with they i think they will say something to the effect of the church interprets the scriptures and therefore without the church the scriptures would die like right the, the scriptures are the product of the church i think that's right. something to that to that effect and i that's obviously erroneous that's wrong because the, the scriptures can stand alone right the scriptures the scriptures are not a product of the church um and the scriptures could stand alone apart from the church right and the, yeah you know what i mean so the churches could like perish and and, and still the the bible the words of god would not perish right um and i think the, the the catholics would have beef with that it's almost as if they they place themselves in the position of the holy spirit by them saying that it's through scripture and their interpretation of scripture it's almost as if they've they put themselves in that place because I know mm -hmm. like, you know, something to teach is that we, uh, when we're born again, we receive the spirit that actually wrote the scriptures, every single believer, you know, we know that right. the scriptures, right. Were written not by men, but through men by the inspiration of the Holy spirit, they're God breathed. Right. And the Holy spirit doesn't, the Holy spirit doesn't speak on his own, but he speaks on what he hears from the father. So we know that they're three in one. Right. And that these scriptures are written by him. And so if we receive the Holy Spirit, then why would we need only the Roman Catholic Church and their interpretation of Scripture? Now, we can all reason right through the power of the Holy Spirit with the Scriptures and speak them over and come to a conclusion using right. proper hermeneutics, right? Right, right. So they, they, they themselves believe to be the, the architect of hermeneutics. Um, I think they would say hermeneutics is useful, but we determine what hermeneutics is um, because of the power of the church, because of the power of the church is so powerful that we get to craft, we get to play with this sacred power, right? Supposedly the sacred power that we have, we get to like create this sandbox that you all get to play in. Right. It's like what? That, that, that's not, <laughs> yeah. that, the, like yeah, the church has benefits and certain abilities. I guess some powers. I guess you want to say that, but but we don't get to manipulate like the scriptures, and we don't create technically. We don't get to create a sandbox that people play with. So I mean, you look at that. I mean, we're even saying Southern California too. Even like we're so close with with Mexico, and we have so many so much gente that come here from mexico and uh when you look at that and i would i would think you you know because a lot of the corruption and and you like some of the history that i did look at you know the catholic church being in cahoots with um or some not not all of them but some of the the so-called what are they whatever they call them the priests the the fathers you know um mm -hmm. being um bribed because of drug cartels and whatnot and just the presence mm -hmm. of that evil being there like with the enculturation of of um roman catholicism with the aztec culture and all that mm -hmm. you know um and um 
that having a big presence there, I believe that there would be a lot of persecution. And I think there has been persecution for those who have gone in the name of Protestantism, you know, to do ministry out there in Mexico, you know? So I think that that, that is a, um, that could be a reason, you know, and, and um, I don't want to just keep going back to, oh, it's because of the tradition and it's because of the tradition, but I think there are some other aspects that play a big part, you know? And I, I, I think when you think of that, man, it, for that to take place, I believe that's like, that is something that we can look at, like what took place in Germany for that to take place today in Mexico, you know, because I believe if you were to do that, I believe there will be a lot of pushback and a lot of persecution to actually truly to come with the truth to Mexico, not just some, I want to come and feed you. I want to come and give you all those things are good, but to actually come with the truth of the gospel and confront these corrupt leaders and confront everything that's taking place there, bro. And not only them, but even our government who's involved yeah, yeah. with the corruptness, you know, as far as the oh, drug yeah. running and whatnot, human trafficking yeah, yeah. and all that, bro. Cause even here in, in LA and in Mexico, man, if you speak up against those things, you're putting a target on your back, bro, for real, because you're oh, going to yeah. begin to mess with the money of the kingdom of darkness, you know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of money in evil and evil. And, and like they say in Hollywood, sex, you know, sex sells. You know what I mean? That's why we see it. Uh, in every in all the movies, and it's because there's there's money to be made in selling the idea of sex and fornication and stuff like that. Um, and I think that that's why a lot of these hip hop artists that are secular, they are, you know, in my opinion, real quick, I think they are like evangelists for for the kingdom of darkness to go out there and sell sex and yeah. the gospel, the gospel of darkness, money, power, respect, and sex right and i think that's what all these secular rappers are are not some are aware of doing it and many are not um but but if someone made you the president of mexico how, how would you tackle the drug cartels um because you look at it um, in 2006, when when they started the 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 war on drugs, like going after these guys and just killing them, because there's this one president, I forgot his name. He's like, we're just going out there and just slaughter them, man. The less you know, you can't negotiate. You just gotta slaughter them. And, and what that happened, what happened was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what happened was there was a drug war because the cartels are like, you're gonna that ain't gonna them. happen. <laughs> we shoot you back. <laughs> we shoot you back. And what yeah. happened was since. 2006 there's been uh more people dead in mexico than the war than the war in afghanistan or than the than the war in iraq right yeah. you know what i mean and that's a, that's a lot of people so obviously the war the drug war has failed it that's not the answer obviously more dead bodies is never the answer so that solution going gung-ho and blazing has failed obviously but look 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 what's happening so how how would you tackle yeah. it or maybe what what are some of your ideas and thoughts on you know to get rid of um these drug cartels man it's man bro that's a good question you know like <laughs> i bet you there's a lot of people who probably got a lot of more better answers but i'll just share what my thoughts are is man to, to be in that situation i couldn't even think about that as far as being a politician or being a, a president or something like that but but when you look at the whole entire issue, knowing the the um, knowing the history of Mexico and the religion that's been there, and knowing what it's where it's come to, you know, and the corruption and all that, I think it starts with with um, reforming reforming for one the beliefs, you know what I mean, reforming what they believe, and then letting that spill over into the government, you know, and mm. and doing away with corruption, doing away with um, even them depending upon on, on America and getting their own thing, you know, going like you, you had mentioned some things about, um, you had told me some things about them, like, uh, or you put it in the questionnaire, like they have a lot of resources that they're not using. Right. And so like reforming in the sense of being in, uh, de de dependent upon themselves, not for drugs and not through corruption. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but I think that starts, like I said, man, with reforming in what they believe. You know, but I, but at the same time, that has to be done through through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that has to be done to the to the grace of God. Because I mean, I can't 
as a president, if you were in that position, I can't force people to believe what I believe, you know, but um, right. I do think that turning to the Bible and reforming, turning to scripture, if you were in that position and going through the process of legislation or however it works, I don't know how it works in Mexico, but going through the process of trying to reform the laws and trying to reform um, what's taking place there in light of the scriptures and in light of, of God's law. You know, I think that would be a good step in the right direction. You know, but that that's a um, because I think just to come out and gun, guns, gun blazing, guns blazing against the cartels, that ain't going to work for you. You know what I mean? There's too much corruption already, you know. So even if you try to do all that, you're just going to get like you said, people get assassinated. People um, don't make it. It doesn't do nothing. It doesn't do no good. There hasn't been no good. So I think even for us, man, as Protestants, man, a lot of people. There, there are people doing it right now, missionaries, right? We're talking about doing missionary work. I think, mm -hmm. and I so I think, not to be in the position of a president, but to be in the position of just a, just a, um, your normal citizen, it could start there with the people, right? By doing missionary mm -hmm. work and not taking them a false gospel or not taking them just food to feed them, but taking them, right? Well, what did Jesus say to the woman at the well? By taking them, the water that if they drink, they'll never be thirsty again. And starting right there, because it starts with the people, you know? Mm. So, I mean, because even then, if you think about it, like we can, we can start up top, but then what about the people, right? Mm. And how does that work, you know? Mm. Organizations, mm. you know? Go ahead, bro, sorry. Article 40. Article 40 of the Constitution declares that Mexico is a secular state. Secular state. Secular, mm -hmm. Secularism is basically public life or life without God, at least separated. Right. At the very mm -hmm. minimum, secularism is saying we want a life without God. We are, we are declaring independence from God. So that's what secularism is. So in Article 40 of the Constitution of Mexico, they are saying that they want separation from God. That's what the article is about. Like, hey, we're over here. We are in power. We're choosing for us our freedoms. And our freedoms include um, both public and private life, whatever. And anything religious with God has to be way over there in the private. And you know what I mean? And then when you look for secularism, this, this doctrine. Um, good, the word actually, the word, bro, the word secular, the word secularism is actually mentioned like three other places and three other articles, um, including in the section of education. They have, they actually have a whole section of education, um, that is, um, uh, dedicated for secularism. And wow. then I think it's radical, bro. Like to, you know, to purposely, bro purposely get god out not 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 like out of the way like um obviously it's atheistic but what they're trying to do is saying we're we're separating god from from this country god is allowed because they they have a section of religious liberty <laughs> it's religious hmm. liberty it's religious liberty right they 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 tell people it's religious liberty but listen if you're going to meet if you're going to meet as a religious group, you better register yourselves with the government, by the way. <laughs> so it's mm. like, if your church wants to promote religious activities on the radio, you better tell the government before you advertise that um, on the radio. So it's like, wait what a minute. Is so, yeah. I, I thought I was free. Like, I thought it was religious freedom. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, secularism, I, huh? Like, I thought that brought freedom. We're free. No, but I, I thought... I thought I was shocking because I was like, when you examine it, it's like it's not yeah. really religious freedom because that's like, it sounds a lot like North Korea. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a mild version of it because it's like, yeah. over here, you're saying religious freedom, tolerance. But it looks like the government itself is very religious and against Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was fascinating because when you read the United States Constitution, there is a toleration that's kind of secular and but it's not it's not advocating for a, a separation of, of God out you know out of the government it's not it's not arguing for any of that it, it's just it's just saying 
here's a supposed uh, neutral uh, separation. Um, but God, well, you know, the Constitution is not going to argue for a whole section on education and the reason why it needs to be without God. It's not arguing like that. Right. And I, I try to look for it and it's not there. God, God is actually purposely honored. It's respected. You know what I mean? The American Constitution, um, it's honoring God. It's respecting God. It's saying, you know, one nation under God. And, and, and you know what I mean? It's like including, like it has a more noble approach to, to God. And then when you read the Mexican Constitution, it's like, it's like, no, no, we want to be a country where God is divorced from our conscience. And, mm. and when I when I compare to both, bro, I'm like, dang, like that's on wow. purpose, bro. Like you guys gotta have beef with God to to write a constitution like that, man. Like you guys got beef with God, man. Something wrong with y'all. Yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah. That's like you need, like maybe that has to do with with what we're talking about the Roman Catholic Church and the way that they did what they did and the way they evangelized and did missionaries in Mexico compared to what took place in the United States you know with the pilgrims and with the Puritans and all that maybe that's the difference you know the gospel yeah. I mean it is the difference but now maybe it's the gospel right so I mean yeah. wow bro wow yeah, if you look at Wow. Yeah, if you look at that, right, the blessings, the blessings upon America, the covenantal blessings that are upon that we're all reaping and even now starting to push away from over here in California, you know, versus versus what you look at took place in, in Mexico and all the all the Latin America countries, bro, that were um, missioned by what? By the Roman Catholic Church, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm interested in getting your thoughts on this. Um, how does God bless a nation? Hmm. If God wanted to bless a country, if God wants, if, if, the, if the nation of the people is looking to God and saying, God, we, we, we invite you to our nation. We are um, very friendly to, to you here in our nation. We want you to bless our nation and everything we do in economy, education, um, everything. So how does God bless a nation or, or should I say, what happens to a nation when God blesses that nation? Man, you look at, uh, I would say, look at the United States, its diversity. When you look at its tolerance, its love for one another. When you look at um, our economy, you look at the, the uh, when you look at um, all the opportunities that we have here in this nation, when we look at, um, you know, I mean, everything that, that has come from, the United States, as far as um, through the through the revolution and through all those things, don't get me wrong. There's parts of it that were not all. It's all not all. Everything's godly, but the mm -hmm. foundational principles that were set on this nation, it brings it brings covenantal promises that God gives to people. When God, when 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 some when a when a person when a people or when a person even calls out to God and is moved by God to want to call out to Him and receive him and make him the foundation and, and of whatever it is in their life, or if we're talking about a nation, there's covenantal promises and blessings that come with that. Let me just read a couple of Bible verses because I know there's going to be, there's going to be some type of people out there saying this episode has no Bible verses. How dare they? So yeah. just to cover our ground, I want to take it back to the Bible. I want to take it to the back to the Bible, to, you know, to cover our ground. Uh, let me read you a couple of verses about um, how God blesses a nation, uh, a country, a people group, right? So Psalms 33, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Obviously, mm. this verse has a context. This, this this verse belongs in the chapter. There's hermeneutic to be done here, but reading it here, and when it comes to the subject of God blessing a nation, it says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." Now, come on. I just when you read Article Forty of the of the Mexican mm. Constitution, are they really making God 
the God of the Bible, the God of their nation, the Lord of their nation. I don't get that, man. I I get to feel like they're saying, yeah, you're God, but you're not the God of our nation, bro. Like, yeah. I, I think that's what they're trying to say. And it's like, can that be the, 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 the root cause potentially to say that's why you have so much drama in Mexico, so much death and, and, and decay? For sure. And, yeah for sure you know what I mean? yeah so so you said god blesses a nation you know through covenant what happens when you break that covenant what if you blaspheme god is there any curses any danger in that oh yeah um, i mean if we look at um since we're going to go to scripture right um even with um like you look at nebuchadnezzar or you look at any nation that had any kind of interaction with israel right it's like um, God would let those nations bless, be blessed, right? Even though they're his enemies, right? So or I would say they're not truly worshiping God. But when I look at Nebuchadnezzar, right, with Abednego, Meshach, or Meshach, Rashak, and Abednego, right? All through all those things that took place by God revealing himself, you know, he went crazy, you know, and he's all in the, in the forest or whatever. He turned into a beast, and right? But he, he, he worships the one true God, right? But yeah. when I look at all those things, right? But when that nation, right, comes against Israel or when that nation comes against God and it begins to think in a prideful sense that I'm not going to worship, that's not the one true God. These are, this is my God or these are my gods or whatnot. It's very clear in scripture, like you see Jeremiah or you can see through all the prophets what takes place upon those nations, right? And we can look all throughout history, you know, um, any nation that set itself up against God is just complete ruin, complete destruction. Um, I mean, even what you look at Israel, <laughs> you look at Israel when they rejected their Messiah, right? Mm. What happened 70 years later because of their rejection of their Messiah? The people that they were putting their trust in, right? Rome, right? Mm. What happened? We don't have no, they said, what are they saying? What does scripture say that we have no, we have no um, king but Caesar? Right. They saying that about Christ and putting to crucify Christ and what takes place. You know, Jesus is walking on the way. I, I, I think it's in the book of Luke. I, I mean, forgive me if I can't quote it for the, for the number and everything, but it's there. Go look it up. There's women weeping, you know, and they're saying we're weeping for Jesus. And he tells them, don't weep for me, but weep for for you. Pretty much weep for you and your children. And 70 yeah. years later, prior to what, after the rejection of the Messiah and the rejection of the one true God, like we said, Rome sacked them. Rome, Rome completely surrounded them, you know. And this is historical. It's historical. It's not a just a made up thing that they were. Um, I forgot the word of it when they surround, when they surround a, um, when they surround like a, a city, right? Um, yeah. I forgot the name of it, bro. Whatever they surrounded them, and there was some like horrible things taking place. I believe, like I believe they say that they were like eating each other because they had no food and whatnot, you know. So judgment came down upon them. You know, that's what happens when a nation turns against God. Corruption and judgment. Those, corruption and judgment. It sounds like, you know, what's going on in America right now. That's coming right. out. That's evident. I'm sure it has been here for a while, but now it's like it, 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 it's oozing out of the little, little tight where the screws are. At, and it's yeah. oozing out and it's leaking and it's like it's green and ooey and it's like people are seeing it now. It's out there. And it's, who you know, gave dude? And who gave, like, you know, when we look at Israel, the prophecies like Israel becoming a nation, right? Yeah. Who had a big part in that? You know, America, right? God, yeah, yeah. and you can see the covenantal blessings upon America, but as you see America turning, right? And then, but you got, if you see them, like, as far as I see in California, then the schools and all that, you know, when you see them turning, right? When you look at, like I said, when you look at all the, the nations that dealt with Israel in the Old Testament, God used them for a purpose. And as soon as that, when, when they turned on Israel, right, when they, any, anybody who had any kind of interaction with Israel from the world, God ended up judging that nation. Mm. Because it's almost as if God loves Israel, that's his wife, right? And it's almost as if Israel, you're going to put your trust in them, even though I'm the one using them as the hammer in my hand for you. Right. But yet you're going to begin to worship that, that instead of worship me, then that's when... Mm. Boom, that's when destruction always came. <clears throat> now, for, yeah, amen. For, for those people who are thinking like, man, you guys are just promoting fake news. You guys are not stating the facts. Like, listen, like you, 
You're right to a point. Like, we're not talking about every single detail. Like I said in the beginning, this is not a history show. This is not Oprah. Uh, this is just two homies chilling uh, who love tacos who are talking, talking about the real truth. You know what I mean? So, uh, so. read the Mexican Constitution. I point you to Article 40 and, and elsewhere in the section of education. They themselves are saying we are declaring they're, – they're purposely putting their foot out there and saying no. We want to be a secular nation. In America and the Constitution, there can be an argument to say that Thomas Jefferson was blah, 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 and, and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But listen, you cannot deny the fact of the influence of the Reformation. You cannot deny the fact of the influence of, of, the, of the Puritans, um, of more gospel-centered influence here in America than in Mexico. So I get that. Um, you know what I mean? Two different contexts. Yeah. I get it. But you have to look at the facts. Read, read the Mexican Constitution, and you will see Article 40 is declaring themselves on purpose and say, no, we're not going to have a God here. But, but people will come back and say, yeah, but, but Jesse, Mexico is Christian, bro. 80% of Catholics are, are, you know, Trinitarians and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, bro, but re- rewind this tape and you are. <laughs> They're, they're still holding on to traditions and all that stuff. But um, read Article 40. I would encourage you to read Article 40 and compare it to the American Constitution. And you will have to come to the conclusion that, listen, yeah, Thomas Jefferson may have some kind of issue theologically, a lot of issues. But he did not purposely put God out on the sidelines. And, and, and they did. Article 40 of the Mex- Mexican Constitution they're putting God outside of the sidelines, and I think that's that's crazy. And then, and then, um, um, how long you lived in California again? My whole life, bro. bro. Okay. My whole life, yeah. Have you? Um, I don't know if you have ever seen this. Let me know if you have ever seen this. Have you ever cruised down downtown or any part of where you could see government cities? I mean, government buildings. Have you ever seen a place that said? The National Affairs, the National Office of Religious Affairs. Nah, bro. <laughs> it's there? It's right there? <laughs> it's, it's in Mexico. They have, in each of the 32 states, they have an office that's responsible for religious affairs, supposedly to protect religious liberty and to make sure there's no discrimination going on. Yeah, but, but that's exactly what they do, bro. It's discriminating. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, let me go. Well, let, let me yeah. let, let me read a couple Bible verses to to the effect that you were saying. Isaiah chapter sixty, verse twelve: For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish; those nations shall be utterly laid to waste. Ooh. Wow. Take put that in your pipe and smoke it. Isaiah 60 12 right there. Isaiah 60 <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 60 18. Isaiah 60 18. Let me read this. It says, Violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastation. Um, yeah, uh what? or destruction within your border. Yeah. You shall call your wall salvations and your gates praise. So yeah, that that's exactly what's not happening right now in, in america or in mexico definitely um a righteous a right righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to any people that's proverbs fourteen thirty four. yeah even bro, around so, that, yeah. yeah go ahead even around that that scripture what was it psalm 33 yeah that you read from even if you read around it it just is you see that man and then well, I don't know, man. I wish I would have got this these ready, these texts ready. But I know, I know it's there. <laughs> I can't, I can't Google it. <laughs> I shouldn't depend <laughs> on Google, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. because like that's how my mind works. I'll remember the scripture. I'm bad with numbers, and I can't remember numbers. So yeah. then I, what I would do is I just okay Google the scripture and bam, it'll get the number and go to it. But I know there's a text, bro. Where and I, I believe it's a, it's either a, it's not Babylon, but I believe it's Assyria, bro. When it talks about them being the hammer in God's hand that God used to judge Israel, bro, when they turn as they as they turn from Him, you know, and yeah, yeah man. So and I and I think just maybe to uh to touch a little bit of like what you can see, obviously, I mean, besides all the the facts, as you would say, like 
the facts. The facts are we can see what's happening now in Mexico and what's happening now in America. We can see the difference between the two cultures. We can see the difference between the people and the morale. You could just see it. It's obvious. You don't need a bunch of textbook facts, right, or political facts in order to make the point. We can see now, bro, that the cartels run Mexico. And you can even yeah. see through the, in, what is it? They call it enculturation. I was looking up something about enculturation, right? Mm. About how they've taken these, they've made up their own saints and they've used some of Catholicism in order to implement through, I don't even, what is it? Santa, whatever they call it, Santa Muerte and all that in order, enculturation. In, and so what you see, bro, is be, in, because of that, I'm trying to follow this thought, excuse me. But because of that, coming from the Catholicism and the false doctrines, the false teachings of the false gospel, you see the, the, what's taking place now in Mexico. You see it. And I don't, like I said, I don't care if you have priests going out there to feed people. Everybody can go out and feed people. That has nothing to do with um, being, having the truth of the gospel and being the true church. And like I said, so looking at the facts, right, what we see, right, as far as what's taking place, it's corrupt. Mexico's completely corrupt. Mexico has a whacked out way crazy religion, right, versus what you see now in America because of those who came over here from the Reformation, the Protestantism and, you know, um, the um, what are the pilgrims and in, in, in the um, not good with uh, categorizing things, but. You could right. follow me, the, 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 um, the outcome of that in this nation, right? Mm -hmm. Those, mm -hmm. whether you get to Thomas Jefferson and then you debate if he really was, was a believer and all that, within every covenant people, there's always mm -hmm. gonna be those who are reprobate. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you wanna place everything on Thomas Jefferson or you wanna place everything on the founding fathers, the bottom line is, is that they were influenced by Protestantism, Amen. right? They were, they were influenced by the truth of the gospel. Yeah. But Mexico was influenced by a false gospel, mm -hmm. right? And that's and, yeah, yeah. and you can see it. You can see the evidence yeah. of it in the way of living. Yeah, it's not working yet. Let's go ahead and close this out, man. I, I really want to continue this, but you know, all good things must come to an end. And uh, bring bring us home, man. What 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 are your closing thoughts about this issue, this topic? Anything that you want to reemphasize or redirect our attention to? I I really believe that the Lord is is building up people, just like He did with um. I can see it, man, and I'm so encouraged by what's going on with all the brothers that I've been introduced to through you, brother Jesse, um, and what's taking place here in the city of Oxnard, um, what's taking place in other places. I see it um that god is building a people that will stand firm in the truths of the gospel and not not play religion not play christianity and not try to build a church for their own sake but really have a mindset of going out with the truth of the gospel to see the elect saved and to see and to see things be overcome by the name of christ instead of instead of like i said playing this false type of religion and then just seeing everything decay and decay and decay and decay. I believe God's doing that now. And um, so like, I mean, maybe to encourage people is to, if you struggle, because I even know a lot early in my walk, but man, I don't, man probably the, the um, audience of this podcast, I'm not sure if it's only us who are already born again and who are walking in these things, but maybe to those who are struggling with those things, man, focus on the truth of the gospel, the gospel, get into the, 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 the milk and the meat of the gospel focus on that you know and start taking it to your community you know so because I, I believe that that is the only thing that is um that can change anything you know is that alone so yeah amen, amen bro uh where, where, where can people find you or they want to get a hold of you or you know where can people follow you at so i'm on instagram um despised and rejected um, I'm pretty sure if you just type in Jeffrey Perea, um, and um, that's pretty much it in Facebook, Jeffrey Perea. Um, I don't got no a podcast or no YouTube or nothing like that, um, and that's it. And even contacting uh, Brother Vince through Outsiders, Outsiders Brand on Instagram. Amen, bro. All right, well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, another episode. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, God bless you guys. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter. You got any questions? Um, 
but stay blessed. Thank you for listening to Bible Theory. Don't forget to share this with your homies. Support Bible Theory on Patreon. Follow me on Twitter at The Chicano Knox. Like and subscribe to Bible Theory on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and more. Gracias por escuchar Bible Theory. No olvides a compartir esto con tus homies. Apoya Bible Theory and Patreon. Sígame en Twitter and The Chicano Knox. Dame un like y suscríbete a Bible Theory and Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio y más.